Yo, we've Julian on the brand note and a review of Fast Stacks. So I've got to get through a few of these. So I've actually been on board with the Fast and the Furious franchise. And I think it's the same way as Mission Impossible sort of came alight with its um, probably Mission Impossible 4. The Fast and the Furious went from a mess to actually being brilliant with Fast 5. Um, like, And then it sort of reshaped everything else so the first film i thought was excellent the second film was dire the third film tokyo drift was the worst but on the fourth film they actually really recognized what could make the franchise great which was that main cast and that was the first time they sort of assembled everyone together it wasn't a great film but it did the right things with regards to realizing the cast was the most important thing and Five was a much better movie. And they had a golden run through Six and Seven. And it started to peter out a bit with Eight. And then Nine. And the things just got more bloated and more silly. And uh, Fast X has come out and not done particularly well. I think the elephant in the room here, though, is the ridiculous shooting budget of $340 million, which is one of the most expensive ever made. And the fact that the Justin Lin director was... Um, left the project in the first week because of uh, clashes with Vin Diesel, who was apparently overweight and couldn't remember his lines and extremely dogmatic about how his vision of the film was going to go. So they put instead uh, Louis Letelier from France, who was a, like a, a second unit director, um, and it shows a lot. Um, this time around, the ever like there are things about the Fast franchise, which this film does, which is uh, have always got on my nerves, and that is that they'll do two things. One is anyone that dies gets resurrected. The first time they did it with Michelle Rodriguez, it worked brilliantly because you saw, never saw her dying. It was all off in between movies. Uh, and it was a really good thing. But then they just keep bringing every single person back, um, which renders a lot of it silly. And the other thing is the baddie in one movie, by the next movie, they're the goodie. Even if they've murdered everyone's family members, they always... Charlie Theron did her such incredibly bad stuff. And she is borderline the hero in uh, being made a hero in this one. So this time around, it's the same pretty much story, which is there's an evil villain that somehow has billion-dollar resources and controls all the world's computers who wants to persecute Dom and his family, um, which has happened, I think, in the majority of the films to some degree, uh, certainly post-five. Um, so that's not really much of a difference. Jason Moama, who is by far the standout here, his camp villain is wonderful. Uh, one of the only characters that has a real life about him in this film. He is the son of the um, Brazilian drug baron they took down in Fast Five and killed. And they retrofit like they did with the last film, where they retrofitted Dom's past and his dad dying in a car crash. They retrofitted that to bring john cena into the movie as his brother and he was the villain in that movie and then immediately he was the he was a good guy straight away after um and this time it's um jason mahama has sort of been waiting to get dom back for years and to do so by punishing everyone in the fast and furious franchise that dom's close with so there's one thing i there's pluses and minuses to this film I really hated how bloated and silly the last couple of films got. 
I mean, the last one where it all sort of they sent a car into space and all of this stuff. I didn't. I don't mind them bending the laws of physics to do stuff because that's been kind of cool in the franchise. But it just became ridiculously unendingly long action sequences and um, piling on top of each other to the point where it was borderline Michael Bay movie stuff. Um, and this one's a lot leaner, which is one of the reasons I cannot understand why the budget is so much worse. Um, I know that COVID has had an impact on it, and I know that inflation had an impact on it. But the the one where um, Fast Seven, where um, Paul Walker had died in filming it, it like was like a one point seven billion dollar box office. They're relying now with these films like Indiana Jones and a lot of the Marvel films that come out of doing a billion dollars at the box office and they're lackluster films and people are bored of it and they're not doing it and they must be losing a fortune so this one had a break-even point i think of 850 million dollars which is insanity but i read that there are things i like about this one in comparison to the others and the main thing is how lean it is compared so it actually doesn't look as expensive as any of the other recent films in the fast franchise the two things that it does worst and which are not recoverable from are the fact that it one thing it includes every character it can and there are too many characters so you can't spend enough time with any character to get any form of character development or progress or actually you know enjoying time with any of the characters they appear on screen for five minutes and then you're off to a new location and the other thing they do which compounds it they split the team into fragments so that makes it much worse because you've got you know ludicrous and um, a couple of others in one spot michelle rodriguez in another spot dom in another uh, van diesel in another spot so you're constantly flitting between these locations you're spending such a small amount of time with anyone that it reduces the uh, it, like the the possibility for any formal story to happen um so you're left with grandstanding by jason moama and and another element is that the they said that you know we're going to go back to our roots and do lots of streetcar racing and stuff but the cgi here looks a lot cheaper there is a lot of cgi here and the other thing they do as well is that they um they they do the um harry potter hunger games thing of splitting the final into two they want to split the final into three, but the box office so far for this is about 750 million, and it's gone on to streaming. So it's very likely that they'll lose a fortune, and they'll reduce that to one more film. And I, it's like every, it's like the the, the first Harry Potter film where not much happens. It's all set up for the final movie, and you don't get an ending here at all. And, and some other things that are bad about it, and to be honest, I enjoyed this more than the last one, which was a complete mess. But I enjoyed this one a little bit more. But this one's very repetitive. The amount of times you see one of the character pockets be in a location, guys in masks with guns, find them. That happens like five or six times in this film, over and over and over. And also the um, the actions of the characters... This is where it really veers into Michael Bay territory. They constantly make really weird or silly decisions. And you're like, why are you doing this? Or why are you here? Or why did you go there? And it's almost like so they can show X. 
So there's so many, and I think a lot of that screenplay problem <coughs> relates to a great degree to the fact that they've got this deeply inexperienced director being asked to make a James Bond movie in hundreds of locations. There are pluses. The um, the fiery ball bomb sequence is one of the best action sequences at the start in, uh, I think, in, um, it's supposed to be Rome, but I don't know if they filmed it in Rome. That whole thing is really good. It's one of the best action sequences. Van Diesel is like Bruce Willis for me. He's one of the actors that cannot hide his disdain. If he isn't really up for it, it really shows, and he and most of the cast mail in their performances. I thought Michelle Rodriguez and um, Charlize Theron finally being used in a decent capacity um, after being used as nothing in the last film. That was a, the, one of the high points of the films, and I thought the film, and I thought it was ironic that their big fight sequence, the best in the film, the film didn't even have a director at that point, and I thought that was a bit ironic. Um, and there's some decent car stuff, and Jason Mama as a as a villain is is by far the most engaged. I wouldn't blame the rest of the cast for not delivering their right game because there's so little writing for them. It's like you've got five minutes on screen and we're going to go away and come back half an hour later. And that's the whole film. And there are people like Helen Mirren and Jason Statham, they include just to include. They're on screen for five minutes and gone, but it has no impact on anything that really happens. Um, so there's lots and lots of mistakes and lots of repetition. And Vin Diesel is particularly flabby and fat here. And I didn't mean that about his physical appearance. I just think he flatlines it and mails in his performance. Um, and the uh, weird notion that this guy from, <laughs> white guy from Europe and his blonde wife who died in the previous film um, had this brown baby is quite odd. <laughs> it's just like a bit weird. Um, so, yeah, there's lots of strangeness and lots of repetition, but a leanness that was a little bit better than the previous two films, I feel. But they can't... If your main driving point is like, you know like Star Wars or like any of these films, is the, the chemistry between the main cast. Don't segregate them all and split them all over the world so they never spend any time together. So, very up and down film for me. Um, I think I'm going to give it a flat 5 out of 10. I'm undecided as to whether or not I would recommend watching it or not. I'll say this, there's a moment in it with um, Jason Moama and two dead people which has no business being in this film. It's as upsetting as watching Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. It is seriously twisted. I don't know what they were thinking with that moment. Forget face-melting in Raiders of the Lost Ark. This is way more upsetting. Anyway, a 5 out of 10 for Fast Dex. Um... I mean, the, the, the Deathly Hallows, the first one was awful and the second one was brilliant. So maybe they can pull out all stops for the final film, but they're just, they've, they've got so many cast members to cover that I wish they'd made choices not to include. They've actually, in, they've actually included Gal Gadot, whose beautiful face is always something to behold, and uh, Dwayne Johnson in the post-credit sequence. So they've got two more people to include in the next film. So, um, yeah, 5 out of 10 for Fast X. This is a very long track from Swans. <laughs> 